Coming up on The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. God is who God is, regardless of who your parents are. God is who God is, regardless of the religion or church you were raised in. You may have been raised in a legalistic church, but God's not legalistic. You may have been raised by uncaring parents, but God is not uncaring. God is who God is, regardless of the environment that you were raised in. And one of the most important days of our lives is when we wake up one day and we disassociate that from Him. From the time we're born, our concept of God is developing. And our concept of God is developed through three means. Our parents, our church or religion, and the authority figures in our lives. The children of Israel grew up in the midst of the most cruel authority figures ever. They literally drove them with whips, and Pharaoh was the God of Egypt. Remember, Israel didn't know God. They had no knowledge of God. All they had was a verbal record of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph. They, they, they didn't know God. They didn't have a Bible. They didn't have a church. The religion of Israel, or the religion of Egypt, was worshiping the sun, worshiping the Nile, worshiping Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was the most terrible of all the gods, but all of their gods were impersonal and austere. So literally, their concept of God is developing the entire time they're growing up, the entire time that they're in Egypt, and finally, their concept of God is, he's mean. I mean, you better, you better, you better tote the note, or you're going to get beat. And you, don't, you may have to serve God, but you don't trust him. You know, we, we know he's done a lot of powerful things, but we don't know about this guy's heart. Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Did God bring us out here to kill us? This wonderful, wonderful, good God who brings them out of slavery is now constantly accused and constantly rebelled against. The question is why? It's because they don't see him. I'm sorry, they see him through a Pharaoh filter. They don't see who he really is. And I'm saying most of us are like that. I was like that. It took me 20 years after I was raised to get my glasses off and put the real glasses on and to see God for the first time as he really existed. And the purpose of this message is to take these away and to pass these out so that there is no filter. You can see God for who he really is. You can see God for how he really exists. Let me go to Genesis 1 for just a minute. This is Genesis 1. It says, God created man in his own image. We're creating the image of God. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. See, God put his image on Adam and Eve and then he commanded them to multiply. They were not equipped to multiply until he had the, they had his image. And listen, the job of every parent is to be an image bearer of God to their children. The first job of a parent is to lead your child to Christ. That's your first job. As a parent, I want to talk in a godly manner. Why? So my children will understand God. As a parent, I want to act in a godly manner. I want to deal with anger in a godly manner. I want to treat other people in a godly manner. I want to deal with money in a godly manner. Why? Because every time I act in a godly way, I'm teaching my child who God is, and I'm giving them an advantage. See, when you're raised by godly parents, you're raised in a good church, you have a huge advantage in your relationship with God. 
But the problem is all parents are imperfect. All churches are imperfect. But some parents and some churches are more imperfect than others. Some religions, obviously, are more imperfect than others. And of course, they come out of a, of a horrible background. But here's the point. Whatever your parents did right, you will naturally attribute that to God. Whatever your church or your religion did right, you will naturally attribute that to God. Whatever the authority figures in your life did right, you will naturally attribute that to God. But whatever they did wrong, you'll also attribute that to God. And so the question is, were the people in your life, your authority figures, your, your, your church, your parents, were they gracious or legalistic? That's how you see God. Were they caring or distant? Because whatever they did, that's what you're gonna attribute to God. Were they faithful or undependable? Generous or selfish? Affectionate or unaffectionate? Truthful or dishonest? Proud or humble? Moral or corrupt? When parents are godly, when, when churches are godly, when authority figures are godly, we naturally bear that image. Adam and Eve were equipped with the image of God to raise their children. They rejected God and fell, and their children fell with them. Because when they fell from God, it marred the image on their lives. And Cain killed Abel of their children. One of their children killed the other ch child. Because now the image of God was marred in their lives. I grew up in a church that I hated. I mean, I did till I was 13. Mean people. I remember mean people in the church. It was a dead church. The preacher wasn't any good at all. I'm not being unkind. I'm just saying he was terrible. I tried to pay attention. I couldn't understand a word he said. And they were mean I remember thinking, and I had to go. It's not, I didn't have a choice to go. I had to go, and I kept thinking, they don't want me here, and they didn't. I mean, I just, well, it was kind of understandable the way I behaved, but, it, <laughs> but then at 13, I started going to a Baptist church. They were very sweet people. They were very loving people, and I heard the gospel for the first time, and so it helped. But when I, when I came out of my home, and when I came out of my church experience when I was growing up, here, here's what I thought about God. First of all, I had these on. I couldn't see God, I, I, I was trying to know God. I thought God was a, a good God, but I thought he didn't care anything about me. I thought he was distant and uncaring. And I just thought, well, he's, you know, he's up there somewhere, but he care less about me. He was all around me. His love was all around me. It, he had called me to preach from my mother's womb. He had been sovereignly leading my life. I look back on it now and I can see it, but back then I couldn't see anything because I had my Pharaoh glasses on. And through the, my parents were good people, but I'm saying through the failures of my parents, through the failures of my church, through the failures of authority figures in my life, is I grew up and I had these on right here. Even after I knew Jesus, I did not know God. I wanted to know God, but I did not know God. And I'm, I'm saying to you that today, I have these. In the years of knowing the Lord, in the years of the Lord dealing with me in my life, is I see, I know God. I mean, I know God. I talk with him all day, every day. And I'm not special. He wants the same relationship with you that he wants with me. But what prevents a relationship with God is these. And there has to come a place in our lives where we get that we have these on. That it was our parents' responsibility and our church's responsibility and the authority figures in our life, it was their responsibility to show us God. Literally, that's their job. You wouldn't know it in our society today, but that's the job of every parent and authority figure. 
And when they're righteous, when they're godly, we have a tremendous advantage of seeing God without distortion. But when they fail, when they're ungodly, when they're unrighteous, when they're selfish, when they're immoral, when they're irresponsible, we grow up with these, and God's all around us. He loves us, adores us. And many of the things that people do, honestly, and it's why I think God was so compassionate. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus, Jesus truly felt compassion for the people who put him on the cross because this is how they saw God. They grew up in a corrupt religious society with the Romans, you know, under cruel oppression by the Romans. Jesus was genuinely compassionate toward those people. And I think a lot of the bad stuff that we do, and I think a lot of the bad stuff our society does is just they simply can't see God. So Moses is going to go through a transformation in this story that we're going to read here. Moses is going to start like this and end like this. This is in response now to the children of Israel building the golden calf, the, the golden calf and Moses coming down and God saying, you're a stiff-necked people. This is in response to this story. And we're going to go through very quickly the four stages of Moses' revelation of God. He's going to start with a Pharaoh filter and end with a pure lens to God. Okay. Number one stage is seeing God through the eyes of the past. Moses, Moses has as much problem with, with God as the children of Israel do. He, he's not different. Remember when God came to call Moses, uh, he constantly said no. He didn't say, oh yes, God, I'm your servant. He didn't trust God. He constantly said, I can't do it. I don't want to do it to send somebody else. God tried to kill Moses because he wouldn't circumcise his son. Circumcision was a very, very important thing that had been handed down since Abraham. It was a part of the covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, and Moses wouldn't circumcise his son. The, the reason that Moses didn't get into the promised land is because he rebelled against God and he struck the rock. Moses had problems. Why did Moses have problems? Pharaoh filter. He grew up in Pharaoh's home. Moses, Pharaoh tried to kill Moses when he was born. The reason that Moses was in Pharaoh's home was because he tried to kill him, and then at 40 years old, he tried to kill him again. The most evil, wicked man in the world at that time was not only his father figure, he was his God figure. Pharaoh was God. He was worshiped as God. And everything in Egypt was about fear, and everything in Pharaoh's house was about fear. You better do what's right or you're going to pay a price. And so Moses grew up with this concept of God that God is to be feared. God is not to be trusted. In other words, the children of Israel and Moses saw the acts of God, but they doubted his heart. They never saw his heart. They could see the Red Sea dividing. They could see, you know, the Nile turning to blood. They could see all the miracles, but what they couldn't see was his heart because this is how they saw God's heart. They thought he had a dark heart just like Pharaoh. Constantly. Did you bring us out here to kill us? Not enough graves in Egypt. You brought us out here to kill us over, 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 over again because of this. Their image of God had been so marred through the authority figures and the religion that they'd come out of that they were rebelling against God right in the midst of God and they couldn't even see what God was trying to do, all the good that God was trying to do. Number two stage in Moses' revelation of God, he's asking for new eyes. Is He says to God, this is, this is Exodus 33, 18, he said, please show me your glory. Then God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. And so this is the most important part of our spiritual development, is the day we say, I don't think I have very good these. Can I have some of these? I need to see your glory. 
Moses is at this place now where God is saying to him, I'm ready to come up in your midst and destroy you, a bunch of stiff-necked people. And I'm not gonna go up in your midst. I'm gonna send my angel with you. I'm not gonna go up in your midst. And Moses knows they're in trouble. And he says to God, I wanna get rid of these and get some of these. And God said, listen, one of the most important days in your life is when you disassociate your parents, your church, and the authority figures of your past from who God is. I want, I want you to listen to me. God is who God is, regardless of who your parents are. God is who God is, regardless of the religion or church you were raised in. You may have been raised in a legalistic church, but God's not legalistic. You may have been raised by uncaring parents, but God is not uncaring. God is who God is, regardless of the environment that you were raised in. And one of the most important days of our lives is when we wake up one day and we disassociate that from him. And this is what Moses is doing. Moses is realizing, I need, I need a new way of seeing you, God. And God says, absolutely. Have you felt overwhelmed by the challenges of life? The secret to overcoming stress and worry is living in God's presence. He'll guide you and help you overcome every negative emotion you experience. This series, Living in God's Presence, uses the life of Moses to show you how to possess your promised land and know God intimately. We wanna get this series into your hands and today we have an offer that will help take you deeper into your relationship with God. With your gift of any amount, we'll send you the Living in God's Presence series on CD or as an audio download. And with your gift of $50 or more, you can receive the Living in God's Presence series on DVD or as a video download. Plus, receive Jimmy's life-changing book, 10 Steps Towards Christ, a practical resource that will help you overcome old habits and mindsets in order to rely on God. You don't have to live with stress and anxiety. Start your journey of intimate friendship with God today. So God is gonna say seven things about himself. Listen to what God, God causes his goodness to pass before Moses. He's showing him what he's famous for. And the first thing he says is merciful. Hey, Jimmy, can you tell me about yourself? Yeah, I'm merciful. See, what you say first is the most important thing, right? I'm mean, I'm meaner than a junkyard dog. I'll rip your face off. See, if, if you want to be known for being mean, if you're a mean person, then and some people do. Some people want to be fierce. Some people want to be tough. God, who are you really? I'm merciful. And merciful means he feels deeply for everything we go through. God has a very tender heart toward his children. He's, a he's not a mean God. See, this is the last thing the devil wants you to think about God. When you're going through stuff that we go through all the time, what the devil wants you to think constantly is God, God's mad at me. God's mad, I'm blowing it again, God's mad at me again. What God wants you to know is he's merciful. He's a merciful God. He's not gonna give you what you deserve. That's what mercy means, okay? I'm not, I'm not gonna treat you the way that you deserve. The second thing God says about himself is gracious. Here's the difference between mercy and grace. Mercy means I'm not gonna give you what you deserve. Grace means I'm gonna give you freely everything you don't deserve. See, if you're a beggar on the street, mercy is what a person feels towards you. Grace is what they put in your hand. I see a beggar on the street and I say, I feel sorry for that guy. And I walk over and I put a $20 bill in his hand. He didn't deserve it, he didn't work for it. 
But mercy means I feel sorry for you. Grace means I'm going to help you out. But God didn't just help us out. He sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we could have every blessing of heaven that we don't deserve. Every blessing. Salvation, the Holy Spirit, eternal life, healing, deliverance, freedom. Name it. Freely, God has given us grace. God's, God, who are you? God, he comes, out of, he comes out of Egypt and Pharaoh's evil and the Egyptians are evil. Who are you? Merciful, gracious. I'm, I'm not gonna give you what you deserve, Moses. I'm gonna give you what you don't deserve. I'm gonna help you out and I'm gonna give you exactly what you need that you could never get on your own. How many of you like him so far? You like this God? This is who God really is. This is, this is God. These are, these are the God glasses. These are the Pharaoh glasses. God says, Moses, let me give you a new set of glasses. I'm merciful and I'm gracious. Listen to the next one. Long-suffering. That God says about himself. Long-suffering. God is willing to suffer greatly for a long period of time. And the truth is, when all of us get saved, God knows we're a lifelong project. And even that, we're still a mess. Well, it's the truth. Isn't it true? I mean, we're just people. God knows that. We're just people. Long-suffering just means you're a long project. You know, you're, you're a long project. And that's okay with, he's so patient. You know, God wants us to grow up, but he knows that, you know, we're in an evil world with an evil devil and we're human beings. And it doesn't mean that he excuses everything we do bad. But, you know, you, know, you it's just nice to be around people that you know will be patient with you, isn't it? And you can mess up and they'll still love you. It's kind of nice to be around people like that, right? Well, here's the truth about God. See, in Hebrews 13, 5, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Never. When God says never, he means never. When people say never, that doesn't mean a whole lot sometimes. When God says never, he means never. And that means do whatever you want, you're stuck with me. And I will suffer long with you. He's a very, very patient God. The Bible says his patience leads us to repentance. Number four, abounding in goodness. Abounding in goodness. Our God is a good God. The Psalm 145, 9. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are all, over all his works. And one of the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5 is goodness. Well, what does that mean? God will never be bad. God will never do a bad thing. God is, listen, God is the nicest person I've ever known. I've never known anybody as kind as God. I've never known anybody as good as God. He only does good. He never does bad. He never uses bad ways to teach us or to discipline us. Never. God is good. And you, I want you to think of the best person you know. They're evil in comparison to God. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give you good gifts? If you being evil in comparison to God, we are evil. He is fabulous and you, you can trust God. He's always good. Number five, abounding in truth. God's a truth teller. That's what God says about himself. He's a truth teller. What does that mean? Well, you may have been raised around people who either were corrupt or liars or whatever, or people who broke promises. Uh, one of the most terrible situations of a young man is his father. Uh, his father had been married probably 12 to 15 times. The family lost count of how many times his father had been married. And he would call his son as a young boy, and he would say, I want you to get your fishing gear, stand on the sidewalk, I'll be there in just a little bit to get you. And he stood out there all day, many days, and his daddy never took him fishing one time. And he told me that one day, he said, it's just hard for me to believe when people make me promises. And it's hard for me to believe God's promises. 
If God tells you he's gonna do something, he'll do it every single time. He's faithful. He's full of truth. Every promise in the Bible is true. Forgiving, this is number six. Forgiving. God says, I'm, I'm forgiving. Psalm 103, I love this scripture. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, listen to that. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame, he knows that we're just us. The east is from the west. God remo- When God forgives, our sins are totally removed from us. It, I'm merciful, I'm gracious, I'm long-suffering, I'm good, I'm abounding in truth, I'm forgiving. Anybody like this God so far? I mean, would, I mean isn't this kind of an awesome God? I mean, and this is God telling about himself. This is God firsthand telling us who he is. This isn't someone to be feared and run away. The fear that we have toward God is just a reverence toward God. And the last was just, by, by no means clearing the guilty. But listen, when God says that he by no means clearing the guilty, this is someone who's refused his mercy and his grace and his forgiveness. Jesus said, whoever believes in me is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is already condemned. We live in, we are born condemned to death and hell. But Jesus died on the cross for justice. God said, if you eat that fruit, you'll die. Rebellion to God, the penalty for sin is death. And rather than kill us, he killed his son so that we can be forgiven by the blood of Jesus and justice is served. The ultimate sin is to reject the grace of God. The unforgivable sin eternally is to reject the mercy of Jesus. And the last thing that God says about himself is, I won't clear the guilty. If if you refuse my forgiveness and my mercy and my grace and my goodness and my forbearance, if you reject all of that, there's gonna have to be justice. And see, this is the last thing that God says about himself. Out of seven things, it's the last thing. That's the first thing the devil wants you to think. The first thing the devil says to you is, you're gonna get it. You know, you, you've done several bad things lately and God's just gonna get you. He's just. That's the last thing that God says about himself. Moses ends this session and here's what happens. He just got a new set of glasses with clear lenses. And here's what Moses says. This is stage four. Moses begins living with the new revelation of God. He now sees a God worthy of worship and bows before him. Exodus 34, eight, Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. When you see God for how, who he is, you will want to worship. The first thing you'll do is worship. The second thing, he sees himself in Israel as imperfect in need of God's grace, yet worthy to be called the inheritance of God. This is Exodus 34, nine. He said, if I now have found grace in your sight, O Lord, Let my Lord, I pray, go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. See, when you see God for who he is, you'll see yourself for who you are. Listen to me. When you see God for who he is, you'll never have low self-esteem again in your life. You know, one of the most important truths that I teach people is you can't get closer to God than your concept of him will allow in counseling believers for 36 years. There have been so many times that, you know, I see a person hurting and I want to see that person get helped, but really you can't get help till you get to God. I mean, the help is in God. The help is not in me. 
the help is in God, but I can't get people close to God sometimes because they're looking at God through a Pharaoh filter like Moses. Moses had a horrible concept of God. I did too when I grew up. All of us derive our concept of God primarily through our parents and our fathers. And if you were abused, if you were abandoned, if you're, all of our parents were imperfect, if your mother and father were imperfect and they did not show you the true image of God, but a marred image of God, it's hard for you to get into God's presence. In other words, you're not gonna jump in daddy's lap if you think he's mad or that he doesn't care. My concept of God was that he just didn't care. He, in fact, I didn't even think that God knew who I was. So I didn't run toward that God. I loved him and I believed in him. I just didn't know if he really loved me. So I didn't really know that he knew me or really cared, so I'm not gonna run toward that God. But I'll tell you this, today I see God clearly. When, when Jesus said, pray like this every day, let your kingdom come, let your will be done. Before that, he said, Father, hollow your name in my life. Hollow would be your name. That means cleanse. It means purify. It means, Lord, I wanna see you for who you really are. Every day, Jesus told us to pray. I want, Father, clean the windshield of my heart so that I see you the way that you really are. If your parents failed you, forgive them and give them grace. And don't derive your concept of God from people. Derive your concept of God from the Word, and the Word tells us that God loves us madly. When God revealed himself to Moses, is the Lord, the Lord God, gracious, compassionate, merciful, loving, that's our God. Moses had seen God through a person and got confused, but when he saw God face to face, it changed his life. And I want you to know that you have a loving, forgiving God who's madly in love with you, and all you need to do is get to him and everything's gonna be okay. The secret to overcoming stress and worry is living in God's presence. He'll guide you and help you overcome every challenge. In this powerful series, Living in God's Presence, Jimmy Evans will help you discover how to know God, the authority you have over the enemy, and how to possess your promised land. There's a rock following you and his name is Jesus and he'll be there for the rest of your life, and he'll always give you what you need. Support the overcoming life with your gift of any amount, and we'll send you the complete series, Living in God's Presence, on CD or audio download. Receive the complete series, Living in God's Presence, on DVD or video download, and Jimmy Evans' book, 10 Steps Towards Christ for your gift of $50 or more. The 10 Steps Toward Christ book gives you practical steps to navigate your new life in Christ. The Lord will help you solve every problem, meet every need, and conquer every enemy. Receive this life-changing series today. This year, the EXO Marriage Conference is coming to a city near you. The EXO Tour is a one-of-a-kind live marriage conference bringing couples together in venues across the country. The greatest marriages come from two people who just go through it together and come out on the other side and they win. Hear Jimmy Evans and many other remarkable speakers communicate on how to have a thriving, healthy marriage. Find an EXO Tour location near you and come together with other couples as we unite to strengthen families and start something new in your marriage. Even in the midst of something that you thought, I don't know if we're gonna make it through this, when you come together and you lean on God together and you refuse to give up, He can do the miraculous 
Experience why so many couples call the EXO Tour an unforgettable investment for their marriage. We believe that your family has a bright future. For more information and to register at a city near you, visit exomarriage.com slash tour. Thank you for watching The Overcoming Life with Jimmy Evans. Support The Overcoming Life with your best gift and receive the series Living in God's Presence. Experience the EXO Tour at a city near you. Seating is limited, so register today. Visit exomarriage.com tour. This program is made possible by the generous support of our faithful partners.